Welcome to the Nieces Nugs Podcast. Nieces Nugs, Nieces Nugs, Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to Nieces Nugs Podcast, episode 26. On today's podcast, I want to overview some of the recent reading that I've been doing. That's right. I love to read. And one thing I've learned along the way is that leaders are learners and learners are readers. If you want to lead people, you better be reading and learning along the way. I used to hate to read. That's right. In high school, I took AP English. We had to read over 12 books. I just remember putting my head against the wall and just listening to our future valedictorian, salutatorian tell everyone about what the books were about. I took notes, and when it came time for the test, I just regurgitated what they said because I didn't really want to read it. I didn't really enjoy reading at all. And then I went to college, and at University of Georgia, I I ended up in a major where I didn't really have to read that much. I was a business management major. We did group projects. And then I went to grad school and something magical happened. I had to learn to love to read because we did a lot of reading. And so since my days in seminary, I have enjoyed reading. I've enjoyed learning. And I've certainly mentioned to you reading on this podcast before and reasons why I think you should read. But a few months ago, I went to Mexico with my wife. And typically when we go on these trips, it's a it's a matter of escaping, reading, and refreshing. And I typically read a lot of books. And this trip was exactly like that. And today what I want to do is simply overview some of the things that I learned from some of these books. And so today, sit back. Here we go. These are some of the things I've learned from the books that I read on that trip. First book I want to talk about is a book called Lead by Paul David Tripp. Now, a couple things he says in this book. He says, achievement becomes dangerous when it forms our view of success and failure. One of the things he talks about specifically is this idea of character. And he talks about how true failure is always a character issue. But what's happened in our society is we've we've elevated leaders based on results, success, and failure instead of character. And in ministry specifically, in my context, Success and failure are not a matter of results, but are defined by faithfulness. Uh, He did a whole section on this, just really incredible, the idea of what does it look like to lead people from a sense of character. He then also says in the book, there's a part I I really enjoyed where he says, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ will humble you because it requires you to confess that the greatest dangers in your life live inside you and not outside of you. One of the things I've learned as I've gotten older is, you know, there's a lot of people who kind of bang on Christians because they think they have this false sense of holiness. The more I know who God is, the more sinful I see myself. And the beautiful news of the gospel is it humbles us to realize that we actually have dangers inside of us in our thought life and everything else that we have to be aware of. And then he talks about servant leadership in this book as well. He says, leaders who do not serve are not actually leaders. We've all been under leadership, tyrants, tyrannical leadership, people who don't lift a finger but are very, very good at delegating. And we've also seen great examples of servant leadership 
You give me a servant leader. That's someone I'm going to follow. And then he also says this. He says, vertical amnesia always leads to identity confusion. There's so many places in society uh, where this, this matters, and specifically in our own lives, when we lose concept of who God is and what he's done for us and how he loves us, it impacts what we think about ourselves, what we think about our identity, and provides confusion in our lives. Then I read a book called Multipliers by Liz Wiseman. This book is not a Christian book. It, it specifically is talking and targeting leadership. And he, she, the, she says this in the book. She says, multipliers don't necessarily get more with less. They get more by using more, more of people's intelligence and capability. And the whole concept is, is how do we leverage people's skills and talents for them to accomplish more? In the book, it also says, don't, be, don't just be a good listener, be a ferocious listener. Listen to feed your hunger for knowledge. Listen to learn what other people know and add it to your reservoir of knowledge. There should be daily conversations that you're listening to, people you're learning from, gleaning wisdom. There's so many areas of life where we don't know, and we don't even know what we don't know. It's good to listen as ferociously, to learn, to learn as much of what's going on. And, and, and also in the book, it talks about that good leaders ask questions. It's okay to listen and then ask questions because multipliers ask the really hard questions. And one of the things... Uh, I've also uh, come to face with in, in fact it's come come to light even as college football season is winding down and coaches are going and different organizations are are losing things uh, when you leave an organization does it fall apart because when diminishers leave organizations things fall apart they crumble because the leader has held the operation together but when multipliers leave an organization things keep on going because they have utilized and equipped and placed people for leadership and utilized and leveraged their skills. And so just a great uh, concept to think about that are you building an organization around yourself that when you leave, it's going to fall apart? Or are you building around people's skills and you're simply leading them along? Then I read a book called Let's All Be Brave. It's by Annie Downs. I actually was at University of Georgia when Annie was there. And this idea of living life with all you have. She's written several books and really touches on this concept of how um, do you live life with a passion, um, not just for fun, but for adventure and life, and at the same time deal with some real-life issues. And one of the things she says in this book is she says, God made you on purpose and unique. Do you believe that God made you on purpose and unique? You might just need to hear that today. Then, then she also says God has called you to be brave, and God will equip you to do it. I think those are just some good uh, reminders for us that God is the one who has formed us. God is the one who has created us and called us, and he will equip us for the task at hand. And so we can be brave, not because of our own talents or abilities, but because of who he is. Then, then she turns and shares the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and, and mentions how he says that I know what God can do, but even if he doesn't, I still won't worship the idols. They're in the midst of a, a huge trial, huge temptation, 
really, that's going to cost them their life. And they say, we know that God can do it, but even if he doesn't, we will worship the one true God. We will not bow down to another. They were brave because of who God is, not because of what he could do for them. In fact, they said, even if he doesn't, we still believe. And so it's this idea that we are brave because of who God is, because of who we've learned that he, his character is and how he behaves, how we can rely on him. And ultimately, too, one thing Annie says in the book is seeing other people be brave makes you want to be brave. I work with college students all the time, and one of the things college students are, they are brave people, willing to take risks, willing to go out on limbs and and try new things, and their bravery inspires me to live my life bravely. It also funnels down. If I don't show bravery and I don't show the ability to try new things, if I don't pursue things that maybe I'm scared of just because I have a fear then my kids won't either. There's always somebody watching us. And so the fact of the matter is, look to find somebody who's brave that will inspire you to be brave. And I read a book, actually read two books by John Mark Comer. First one's called Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. We live in a life that is hurried and distraction where the term busyness has become uh, a bonus, a gold medal for certain. How are you doing? Just busy. Like it's a sense of pride when in reality, that's not why we we're created. And that's not the temptation and rhythms. It's not the rhythms of life that God wants for us. Uh, and what uh, in this book, one that quotes, they quotes John Orberg. He says, for many of us, the great danger is not that we will renounce our faith. It is that we will become so distracted and rushed and preoccupied that we will settle for a mediocre version of our faith. We will just skim our lives instead of actually living them. Man, I want to live life. Jesus says he has come that we have life and life abundantly, but so many times we live a rushed and distracted life and we miss actually living life. He also says in this book that every system is perfectly designed to get the result it gets. If the results you are getting are lousy or stressful or tiring, the odds are good that something about the system you've organized are organized towards that end. St. Augustine said this, and he mentions this in the book, that, that God has made us for himself and that our heart is restless until it rests in God. And then he points out that something that's so simple, but that advertising and promotion is literally an attempt to monetize our restlessness. And so what we need to understand is that it's important for us to find a rhythm of life that eliminates hurry. And so even through this book, it talks about when are you taking Sabbath? When are you taking rest? It's important to find that time not only once even a day as you spend time with God, but maybe once a week for sure as you spend the Sabbath or once a month to get away or, or once a year and to figure out what the rhythm is that you would nurture your soul and nurture your mind, that you would eliminate hurry and figure out a way to live life where you're not always trying to pass in the fast lane. I know it's hard. I'm in that boat with you, but it's something that I think after reading this book that I'm working on. And he also wrote a book, John Montgomery also wrote a book called Live No Lies. And really what it talks about is this idea of what is the world preaching at us that are just simply lies. 
And there's this idea that liberation, this idea of freedom, but what he points out is that liberation and freedom is starting to look more and more like enslavement. That the, what the, the world says is going to be liberating and free is actually enslaving people. And what we see is that we sin because we believe a lie about what will make us happy. And he also says in the book that what we give our attention to will shape the person we become. We, we see this, not even from a spiritual sense. We see this. What we give our attention to is what shapes the person we become. And he talks about this, and I've heard this advice. I've heard people give this advice, and I think it's terrible advice. He says, the advice, be true to yourself, is some of the worst advice anyone could ever give. Because ultimately, who defines that, that truth? Who defines what that looks like? And ultimately, it just simply doesn't pan out. And so what he also says in this is that most people fail in the art of living, not because they are inherently bad, or do or or so without they can't keep it, have a better life. They fail because they don't wake up and see where they stand at a fork in the road and they have to decide. And he says, "How do you grow a life? It's one tiny unglamorous decision at a time." At the end of the day, folks, if we want to change the trajectory of our lives, it's not going to be some massive thing. It's going to be one unglamorous decision at a time stacking good decisions, stacking, stacking, stacking good decisions until what we see is as our life starts to take change and form into more of what we want it for. One of the things he also says about living no lies is that it's important for us to cultivate a life of thankfulness and to rejoice, to cultivate a way of seeing our lives through the lens of what God sees, not through the lens of our phones or apps or flesh, but through gratitude, celebration, unhurried delight, and over time that will form us into joyful people who deeply enjoy spending time with God and with others. And I read another book called How to Ruin Your Life. Eric Geiger, I actually heard him preach one of these sermons, uh, but really what he talks about simply real quick is, is that isolation, boredom, and pride are not sins to tame, but sins to be slain. And he kind of walks through each of those, the idea of if you want to isolate yourself, what happens when you're isolated and what happens mentally and what positions does that put you in and what happens when you ignore your boredom and, and what does that look like and how do you walk through that? And this idea of pride that if you believe in yourself, you can do it is such bad advice because you and me don't need to believe in ourselves. We need to believe in God and trust him and his good work. And then I read a book called Taking God at His Word. It's written by Kevin DeYoung and ultimately talks specifically about the Word of God and how it's more than enough to accomplish the work of God for the people of God. And so ultimately what we see is that uh, God speaks to us and we can trust Him. And He gives this analogy that some, some people get confused about and this idea of that we really can't understand uh, what the Bible is telling us. And he says, you know, what if six blind men um, touched an elephant? And they're trying to determine what they feel. One one blind guy feels the belly, and he thinks it's a wall. And another blind guy touches an ear and thinks it's a fan. Another guy touches a tail and thinks it's a rope. And what people would say about is we can't know God or we can't trust his word because we're all blind men when it comes to God, that we know a part of him but we really don't know who he is, and no one is more right than anyone else. 
that we just are grasping in the dark. Well, the problem with this logic and the problem with this line of reasoning is this. The story is told from the vantage point of someone who clearly knows that the elephant is an elephant. So there's an objective truth in this whole thing that there is truth that it is an elephant, even though people are trying to figure out what it is. And the second thing that's a problem with this is it assumes something that's maybe not be true about the elephant. What if the elephant can talk? What if he tells the blind man, hey, that wall that you think you feel, that wall-like structure, that's my side. And, and what if he says that fan, you think that you're touching a fan, that's my, that's my ear. Not, that's not a rope. That's my tail. And so ultimately what we see is that we have um, succumbed to bad logic. Even when people say that it's impossible for us to know the will of God, to know who God is, to know things about God, because we, we've, we've succumbed to bad logical fallacies and so what he says is that we can trust god that we can trust him at his word that we can ultimately choose life by following him and that his word is more than enough to accomplish the work of god and the people of god just some quick takeaways from the books i read Uh, i've got more coming and i'll probably try to drop some more before the end of the year listen folks reading is awesome and i don't do a ton of uh, non, uh, non, excuse me, a ton of fictional reading, just hard for me to get into. But if that's you, then that's awesome. Let your mind escape and 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 refresh your mind through reading, things like that. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we're learning by absorbing what we read, how we read, how we ask questions, and things like that. I hope this makes sense. Hope you pick up one of these books. If you have any questions about any of the books, hit me up. Let me know. Got some podcasts dropping in the next several days about some travel places. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.